for White Spot Giants this week. Back come the Giants across the line. Kosh, left wing, looks, waves, finds a man. Benson scores! In he comes! Stop by David Tendick! He kept it out! Oh, mercy, what a save by Tendick! Up the middle comes Byram, right side, running at the circle, scores! Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. Good evening and welcome once again to White Spot Vancouver Giants this week here on the home of Vancouver Hockey and the home of the Giants. This is Sportsnet 650. I am your show host, Dan O'Connor. And once again, we've got a busy week for you. A busy show which will include a conversation with the legendary WHL voice of the Tri-City Americans, and the one-time road voice of the Vancouver Giants. We're going to talk to Craig West in segment number two. Craig West will call his 25th, or yeah, 2500th game in the Western Hockey League tomorrow. Uh, 2,500 WHL broadcasts coming up for Craig West as tomorrow they are in Seattle, are the Tri-City Americans. They'll play in Seattle tomorrow. Then they come to the LEC to face the Giants on Wednesday night. So really looking forward to that conversation. Craig West can tell stories with the best of them, I assure you. A little later on in this segment, we're going to hear from a pair of Vancouver Giants players from this past week and the road trip through the United States. Jaden Lipinski, hard to find a Giant who made more of an impact uh, on the weekend than Jaden Lipinski, this rookie forward for the Vancouver Giants out of Scottsdale, Arizona, now has six goals and six assists for 12 points on the season. But the five, uh, five goals of those six have come in the last five games. So for Jaden Lipinski, six points in his last five games. He is on one heck of a run right now for the Vancouver Giants. And I'm going to replay a conversation with Jaden Lipinski that took place before the Portland game, where he would have had a goal and an assist. I'll just throw in there. Uh, we'll hear from Jaden Lipinski a little later on. Also going to hear from a goaltender for the Vancouver Giants who made a little bit of history this past week. On Wednesday in Spokane, when 15-year-old Matthew Hutchison started a game, he became just the second 15-year-old goaltender this season to start a WHL game. He became the third 15-year-old goaltender just to play a minute of WHL hockey this season. And he became the fourth Vancouver Giant ever in a span of 21 years. Just the fourth 15-year-old to start a game in goal for the Vancouver Giants. We'll hear from Matthew Hutchison in a few minutes from now. But to kick off the show, let's go back to Portland. Let's go back to Saturday night. A 6-5 road victory for the Vancouver Giants over the Portland Winterhawks. It was a kooky game to say the least. The Giants led the game 6-0. Portland nearly finished off a comeback, but the Giants, with the 6-5 win, cement themselves four points ahead of both Prince George and Spokane in the Western Conference playoff race. Uh, and as far as sixth place is concerned, and the Giants will enter this week 
with two games in hand on Spokane, one game in hand on Prince George, and the Vancouver Giants with 47 points on their season uh, have a four-point cushion and will hopefully be able to keep that distance as the playoff picture still remains about as muddy as ever in the Western Conference. Here's Vancouver Giants associate coach Keith McCambridge after a wild and wacky 6-5 win for the Giants on Saturday. Giants associate coach Keith McCambridge now joins us for a post-game conversation. Uh, Coach, games in Portland are always interesting. This is not an easy place to come in and play. This is an even tougher place to come in and win. How do you begin to unpack tonight the 6-5 win for your club? Well, first of all, I'm surprised you still have a voice, Dan, with the (laughs) amount of goals that were scored tonight. Um, Look, we we really enjoyed the first half of the game. We thought we did some really high-quality things with and without the puck. Uh, but then let's talk about the back half. Uh, you know, they start to score some goals. They start to get some in bunches, uh, and we're on our heels. Um, and again, uh, you know, obviously they're pushing on the offensive side of the puck and just are recon- uh, recognizing uh, what areas of the ice and where the dangerous areas are. Uh, not so much the guy with the puck, but the plays, the seams that they're looking for for some of those backdoor uh, or even direct plays that they're able to make in our D zone, in their offensive zone. So uh, we know that's been a challenge for us all year is is again just continuing to play the right way every single period regardless of the score we've gotten better but obviously with tonight's score we need to continue to grow with that but again a lot of real high quality things in this game against a very good team in Portland so uh, we'll correct a lot of the things here that we need to but uh, we'll take the two points uh, out of this building and learn from some of the mistakes here that happened in the back half. I saw a team tonight that played for one another uh when things got chippy when things got emotional um they defended one another well um sometimes perhaps to the own detriment of the vancouver giants when you sort of look at some of the you know a misconduct that comes to mind and a few other kooky things and a few too many men on the ice calls but i mean keith bottom line this this road trip at the very start was an important one for the vancouver giants and in a potential playoff matchup like this um, what have what did we learn about the team big picture not just tonight but really over the course of this road trip where there were three good efforts bang 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 yeah well I, I think tonight the the offensive output we really like like it's hard to score goals uh, in this league it's hard to generate the amount of shot attempts we had in the front half um, so we'll take the positives out of that and just as a group it's it's again when there is adversity like the last couple of games here uh, with what you're talking about with pushing and shoving and the extra hits that take place on the road here uh, the group as a whole they like each other they play hard for each other uh, and in tonight's game uh, you know they were uh, digging in and played with a little bit of sandpaper and as you mentioned earlier this building um, it does have that atmosphere to it and, and I'm dating myself I remember being in here the Western Hockey League finals in in 1993 when we played Portland and and this is a building that can come alive uh, with whatever numbers you have in here so once they started to get those goals and Fabian's uh, 10 minutes uh, um, skating off the ice it really gave them some life and you could feel it on their bench as well so um, just again the lessons learned Dan being managing the puck better and and not doing little things like that to give the opposition the life that they got but as uh, we needed to this is a potential first round matchup and, and a lot of the things we did right on the offensive puck we can learn from and take that into hopefully a playoff series 
Adam Hall has been playing some sneaky, really good hockey for the Vancouver Giants in recent games. And I think for him to get rewarded with two goals, given how much he's shot the puck lately, given how well he's distributed the puck lately, hopefully a sign of things to come down the stretch for Adam Hall. Yeah, we need him. And he's a big part of our team on both sides of the puck. It's, uh, you know, whenever he has snake bitten and there's been blocks of time that he has been this season, um, he still does a lot of the little details that you need uh, a player with the amount of minutes that he plays uh, uh, does. Like, you know, he, he makes good reads uh, to try to get pucks back. Uh, he goes to areas of the ice to give himself scoring chances. So, um, And he provides leadership as well. So for a, a big part of our lineup to, to be able to get himself on the scoreboard here in a big way tonight, uh, that we're hoping is, is something that continues to get traction. Coach, I won't keep you too much longer because we got a bus to catch, but a lot of conversation on the broadcast tonight about Fabian Lysel and the when he's involved emotionally in the game I think I think it's a good thing um, we've seen that line though and it's a pretty paper thin line at times with with him being pissed off and he goes and scores a goal to make it two nothing then he takes a 10-minute misconduct when your team is up 6 nothing. I mean, there there are lessons to be gleamed here, as you sort of alluded to. Um, man, um, it, how much of an effect did that misconduct sort of have, and and could that be seen as a, as a turning point in the game? Well, it had an effect in the game for sure, but, but the individual, the player, Fabian, it, um, I thought in the first period when they had that big hit on him early in the game, and I actually have a note in my game card, I thought it woke him up. It was a heavy hit. It was a hard hit, and I thought it really kind of gave him a jolt, and he became alive. Like, he was he was on the puck. He was making lots of good plays. Um, and the other side, the, the misconducts, the little, um, you know, for lack of a better term, the immaturity that, that takes place in a young man's game, um, he's going to get better at that. His, his brain's still developing. He's still, uh, you know, he's, he's getting some maturity, and that's going to get better as he continues to, to play and, and, and get that experience. So that's something that he knows he has to control and it will get better uh, but I thought you know when he was on the ice tonight he was uh, everybody uh, on the other bench there with Portland knew when he was on the ice here and he was dynamic Jaden Lipinski two more points uh, we keep talking about it because we have to keep talking about it uh, what a road trip for Jaden Lipinski yeah sometimes uh, some people think confidence is an overrated thing but I uh, I don't it's uh, whether it's whatever walk of life uh, you know you can see it uh, just in his game just the way that he uh, has more poise uh, when he has the when he has the puck he 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 doesn't just throw pucks away like he did earlier in the year um, and he's making some really uh, nice in tight skilled plays for a player that is uh, six foot two six foot one uh, and that's impressive and and for an organization it's really exciting and for a coach just because he's such a great kid you're just really happy for him I know his teammates are happy for him as well so um, the flip side of that when there is ten minute misconducts where it takes it out of your bench goals like that when uh, the way that Lipper's been playing here, uh, it just brings a ton of excitement and, and, and life to the bench because the guys love him so much. Tri-City Americans Wednesday night at home. A chance to get that third straight win and a chance to get back on home ice. Just a thought about sort of the uh, the next few days and gearing up for a, a Tri-City team that I'm sure is going to want some payback. Yeah, sometimes we take teams lightly even though we shouldn't where we sit in the standings but we've had that tendency during the season to do that. We got ourselves up for this game here tonight. Uh, it'll be a matter of doing the same thing, realizing that uh, you know I didn't see the score with Tri-Cities in Spokane tonight but they're a team that's uh, 
hanging on by a lifeline here. So we know they're going to be playing some desperate hockey, uh, and we got to be doing the same. The associate coach of the Vancouver Giants, Keith McCambridge, as he usually does, kicking off White Swan Giants this week on Sportsnet 650. Let's get to the Matthew Hutchison conversation. The Matthew Hutchison interview from Thursday last week, fresh off his historic start for the Vancouver Giants Wednesday in Spokane. Here is probably the youngest goaltender to appear in a game this season, one of the youngest ever to play for the Vancouver Giants. Here is Matthew Hutchison on White Swant Giants this week. Well, Matt, uh, what a week it's been. What a season it has been for you. Uh, you make your WHL debut on Wednesday in Spokane. A um, lot of love, a lot of tweets, a lot of uh, well wishes coming from that, uh, that start. Um, break it all down for me. What do, you, what do you sort of take away from Wednesday in game one in the WHL? Yeah, well, honestly, going into it, I was just sort of having the mindset of just go out there, play your game do what you always do and but also just try and soak it all in because you only get one first game so you really want to make it one to remember so overall it was a great day I mean game didn't go exactly the way we wanted it but really good experience and yeah 28 saves many of them were were difficult I mean was there a certain point in the game where you know, mentally, you sort of thought to yourself, "Okay, I, I got this. I'm, I'm sort of the, the, the cobwebs, any jitters, any nerves are sort of gone." Yeah, going into it, I, I, uh, I didn't really have a lot of nerves to be honest. I sort of just focused on myself and didn't wrap myself up too much. And oh, it's a higher level than I've been playing, whatever. And I just sort of went out there and just had as much fun as possible. And to be honest, I felt really calm throughout the whole game right from the puck drop and I felt super confident out there. I'm sure it's helped that uh, that, that you are no stranger to the, the junior level playing games in the BCHL and, and sort of playing a, at a few different levels this season. Um, that, that, that to me is kind of cool that you've sort of gotten to experience the gamut of things this season and I'm sure you know down the road I think you'll you, you'll agree that you're you're sort of better off because of it. Yeah for sure. Obviously, my, my regular team, the North Island Silvertips, and then I got uh, I got in some games at the Couch and Capitals, too. And really being able to see the, the change in the different levels and being able to have that experience and sort of bring it all together into creating the game I play has really, really helped me huge. And I know it's going to help me a lot down the road, just having that experience and having having seen the game at the di- all three different levels has really helped me coming into it. Tell me about the WHL level. Is there anything glaringly different about it compared to you know uh, other leagues and other uh, other calibers? I I really think just how how everybody prepares for the games and practices and how everybody works from all the players and to the coaches and how they prepare video and everything, but also just the whole experience around the game. There's way more fans than I've ever seen before in a rink and. It's it's really cool getting to be a part of everything. The familiarity with Will Gursky, uh, I'm sure, has been a big help for you. The fact that you're both island guys, you had a you know the pre-existing friendship beforehand, but now you get to be a goaltending tandem with him and Jesper as well. Um, but just a thought about that comfort, that friendship, and sort of how helpful that has been to you as far as your transition to the Giants. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, 
in the summertime we were expecting to be goalie partners and with the couch and capitals next year and then all of a sudden we're up here together and I was just sitting last night talking to him and he re we realized that one of the first times we met I was five years old at a goalie camp and he was nine I believe and so being able to grow up and and uh, skate with him in summers and all that has been really nice and he's been been great with me here in the Giants and getting me prepared for everything and just yeah it's awesome. There have been some great goaltenders that have gone through the Vancouver Giants in recent years. You think of David Tendick, you think of Trent Minor. One of the major constants through all of that has been Paul Fricker. Can you talk a little bit about um, your, your early dealings with him and just sort of how he has also assisted with your transition? Yeah, Paul's, Paul's been amazing. He, uh, he has a very different look on the game than I've, than I've experienced before, which I think has really helped. And I've gotten to, to try and see the game in new ways and uh, new techniques and that's that's been awesome he he's really close with us he helps us a lot and uh, I think he's he's made the transition a lot easier for me and also helped me improve already and I know he's gonna help me improve way more down the line too if you could sort of script the the best possible end results to this season Maddie what does it look like I am not sure. I haven't. I haven't really thought that far ahead. I'm trying to just uh, just stay in the moment. But so far, this season has been a pretty incredible one, and one that, to be honest, you couldn't really script. It's been pretty crazy, but uh, a really awesome experience, and definitely, definitely a season I'm I'm not going to forget. But uh, for right now, I'm just trying to stay in the moment and go day by day, and just focus on what I can and control what I can. Who was the first person that you got the congratulatory text from on Wednesday when you finally opened your phone after the game? Uh, how many messages were there, and who was the first to, to say congrats? I, I'm pretty sure it was my mom and my dad. I mean, they're the first ones that I texted. They're, uh, they've, I can't even describe how much they've done for me growing up, and I would not even be close to where I am right now without them. So definitely... Both my mom and my dad are the two that I remember the most, seeing first and talking to them first. But everyone, all my friends, my family, people that I didn't even know knew I was playing, uh, sending me congrats and all that. So it was a really cool experience. A really cool experience from this end too, Maddie. Enjoy the rest of the season. Thanks for this and good luck to you and the guys tonight. Thank you. Frankly, I am still impressed by the candor, the maturity, the professionalism from Matty Hutchison, 15-year-old goaltender for the Vancouver Giants who made his WHL debut this past week. Uh, let's end segment number one now with a conversation that took place on Saturday afternoon. Jaden Lipinski playing easily his most confident hockey of the season. And before that game in Portland, when we had the conversation, um, Little did we know he would then follow up with another goal and an assist in the 6-5 Giants victory in Portland Saturday. Here's forward Jaden Lipinski on White Spot Giants this week. Jaden, how much fun is this right now for you? Um, obviously, the, the victory for the team last night, but the, uh, the two goals and, and just the recent confidence that I'm sure you're gaining from from just the the four goals in the last four games yeah no it's definitely a lot more fun when you're scoring goals I guess uh, 
you know, it, it just, uh, you know, obviously you'll get confidence from it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it just really comes from, you know, enjoying, enjoying the game and not thinking too much and just going out and playing. So. You and I have talked a few times this season about year one and sort of the, the highs and lows that can sort of come from that. But when you think about, you know, the, the recent run of success, was there, a, was there a moment? Was there sort of a light bulb moment when you think back to recent weeks, maybe a game or something where all of a sudden just the game was slowing down for you a little bit? Uh, yeah, well, I think I had, I had a few good games before I started scoring here. And um, honestly, I think... Uh, you know, I, I talked to some people back home that I used to be coached by, and I think that really helped me. Um, it kind of, kind of just made me realize, you know, you know, what what player I really am. And um, when you're not scoring, you start to think too much. So, um, no, I think, uh, you know, talking to you know my old coach, and he really helped me out. So, what did uh, what did you see? What did you take away from last night? The three-two win for your team, obviously important from a playoff race perspective, but even just more specifically, what were some of the factors that you think allowed the game just kind of sway in your favor? Well, uh, I mean that that felt like a playoff game. Um, Tri City hung in there. Um, you know, we we really stuck with it. I mean, we I think we put up almost fifty shots, and we, there wasn't a uh, moment where we really slowed down. And um, you know, Fab got the late one there in the third. And, so uh, we really just stuck with our game. What did you like about the way your line played? Um, I, well, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're obviously not the most skilled line, but, uh, you know, we're, we're really effective on the forecheck. We're using our bodies and, um, you know, hit, just running into them. And, you know, they, they tend to give us back the puck. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd say on the forecheck we're effective. Just the simple fact of having your, your family in the stands for a game like tonight. I mean, we've, again brought this up a few times in recent conversations Jaden but I mean just it, it doesn't really matter if you're five or 15 or however old you are having mom and dad in the stands I'm sure is is a little extra motivation it makes for a little bit of added excitement yeah no it's it definitely brings back some memories when they used to come out all the time and uh just play the same way I guess and uh you know it's nice playing in front of them when you look at tonight, the Portland Winterhawks, a team that uh, you know can run and gun with the best of them, sort of what are sort of the things that, that you're preparing for, things that are sort of at the front of your mind as you get ready for the game? They're obviously a very skilled team, uh, but uh, honestly, it's not too much of what they're going to do. It's more of how we're going to stop them playing our game. Uh, you know, we want to make a team like that play in their own zone. Uh, no one likes playing in their own zone, so they're a track meet team, so just got to focus on uh, you know little things like bumping and making making them hard to play against so if you could script the perfect ending to this road trip what would that look like for you and the team uh probably just two points <laughs> great seeing you have success my friend keep it up yep. great work thank you so much a big thanks to Jaden Lipinski. A big thank you as well to Maddie Hutchison and, of course, to Keith McCambridge for getting us started this week on the show. We'll take a break. When we come back, we chat with the legendary voice of the Tri-City Americans who will soon be calling his 2,500th game in the Western Hockey League. 2,499 games so far for Craig West, voice of the Tri-City Americans, who joins us next, White Spot, Vancouver Giants Hockey, Sportsnet 650. Time now for White Spot Giants this week. Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. 
Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to White Spot Giants this week. Home of Vancouver Hockey, home of the Giants Sportsnet 650. One more time, I want to thank Matthew Hutchison. I want to thank Jaden Lipinski. I want to thank Keith McCambridge for spending a bit of time with the show in segment number one. And for segment number two, though, we are going to head south to a man who is no stranger to these parts and is certainly no stranger to broadcast booths and media rooms throughout the Western Hockey League. You might know. You don't might. You will remember Craig West from season number one of the Vancouver Giants back in the very early 2000s. And you would know him from 2,499 career WHL broadcasts. That will change tomorrow in Seattle. And game number 2,501 will be at the LEC on Wednesday against the Vancouver Giants. The always entertaining Craig West, voice of the Tri-City Americans, Welcome to the show, Craig. Nice to talk to you, pal. Well, 28 of those were with uh, the Vancouver Giants, and out of that, my record was 1-27. in 27, So, <laughs> But the one win was in Spokane right before Christmas in uh, 2001, so I'll always cherish that one. It was 5-3. to three. Well, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, Wednesday's game and the weekend that was in a moment, Craig. But as you're approaching this truly terrific and and I'm sure humbling milestone, um, tell me about game number one in the WHL for you. Well, uh, it was kind of surreal, to be honest with you. And it was right in this same building I'm sitting in right now talking to you, the Toyota Center known as the Tri-Cities Coliseum. And it was, uh, I think it was September 25th in 1990. The Chiefs and the Americans played, and I'll never forget it. The first game, Ray Whitney scored five goals. Hmm. Unbelievable. And uh, Americans went on and won seven to, seven to five. And I, my admiration for Ray grew and grew from that point on he had 67 goals 185 points that year and then uh, this is what's ironic and ray and i talked about it years later that we sat on the plane for the memorial cup flying to quebec city from montreal to quebec city and uh, we talked about the upcoming draft it was a month later and i said you know a good place for you would be san jose and lo and behold that's where he went on the second round and they'd taken Pat Falloon, his teammate, on the first round. So Pat that year had gone to the World Juniors and had uh, 63 goals. So it was an unforgettable year. The team set, uh, besides winning the Cup, probably the most convincing Memorial Cup win ever. And uh, they had 31 shorthanded goals in the postseason, went 18-1. and one. And the only loss was the Seattle Thunderbird. And that was, and that was back in the day where there were best of nine series if you can believe that <laughs> so you had to win five games to one against the t-birds but you had turner stevenson you know extremely good team and uh pete anholt was the coach gm and then the next year they hosted the memorial cup so just a lot of great memories well over the course of that career craig i mean no doubt you've uh you've encountered uh, a laundry list of of memorable personalities so i i realize i'm i'm opening up pandora's box by asking you this question but when it comes to visiting coaches and i'll even throw in visiting management or opposing management to this question because i know you it could go either way um 
Is there one coach or manager over the years that you enjoyed dealing with, talking to more so than any other? And then part B to that question, was there ever an encounter with a coach or a member of the opposing team's management that uh, maybe didn't go so well for you based on maybe something that was said or something to do with the rivalry? Interpret the question how you will. As far as people... Uh, that I've worked with, I mean, they're so great. I mean, the people I work with now are incredible. People I've always worked with, I've never, I always tell people, whether it was baseball or whether it was hockey, I've never had to work with anybody that was hard to work with. But uh, probably the, the person that stands out maybe the most, and, and I don't want to downplay anybody, but probably would be Don Hay. Uh, when I came in here in 98-99, he came in too, and it was his first GM job, and you know, Don and I had, had uh, great respect that we had for each other when he was working in Kamloops. And I'd gone to see him when he coached uh, the Coyotes in 96-97. And when I walked out of his office before I uh, was at a morning skate, I BS my way into, into the America West Arena. They were playing on ESPN that night against the Blackhawks, and I talked my way in, and he said, uh, the security guard said, Mr. Hay wants you to come see him. So he came in and he threw Gary Thorne and Bill Clement out of his office. They had no idea who I was, which was best. And uh, he gives me a hug and we talked for about an hour. And the last thing I said is, I hope one day we get to work together. And, you know, about a year later, that's exactly what happened. So uh, he was let go at the end of the year. Uh, he went on to Anaheim for a year and then uh, ended up coming to the Americans. So. My daughter would stay over at his house. She's still friends with the twins. Uh, they're all the same age, so it was really a good relationship. We are chatting with Craig West. He is the voice of the Tri-City Americans, and he will be calling his 2,500th WHL game tomorrow night in Seattle, followed by a Wednesday tilt with the Vancouver Giants. Um Craig, I mean, obviously you've seen so many wonderful players on the ice. Um, another two-parter here for you just to chew on a little bit. Um, maybe one forward, one defenseman, one goalie that just completely wowed you, be it a player on your team, be it an opposing player, one from each position over the years that has just, like, left your jaw on the floor with what they were able to do. And... Um, I'll, I'll take that question in a different direction once you give me your uh, your defenseman, your forward, your goalie. Well, if goalie is easy, then that's that's Gary Price, without question. And uh, Price is one of a kind, and he is kind. Uh, we always called him Care Bear, and he'll be Care Bear till the day I die. I mean, he's just a warm human being, and, uh, you know, this has obviously been a tough year, but he's going to come back, and he's going to come back strong. Uh, as far as goaltending and things he did, I, I'll talk about one thing that was fun that I got to do that I'll take to my grave. Was Jim Hiller was the assistant coach, and it was back in uh, 2003. Tyler Wyman took the day off, and Jim ran an optional practice. Well, most of the guys were there, so he needed two goalies, and you know Jim knew that uh, that I could play, and. Uh, carries at one end he's 16 and here I am at the other end and you know we're we're competing and I, I won <laughs> which which was uh, something and afterward he came up to me and he said you know what you're doing I said you ever see me doing anything let me know and I said well I really appreciate that 
I said, well, you know, I said, uh, Care Bear, I said, <laughs> I used to be the practice goalie in Spokane, so I, I actually know it. I still play, so I know what I'm doing, but I really appreciate that. And uh, But I, I said, you're going to get your advice from the goalie coaches. <laughs> it's not going to come from me. I can't help you. Uh, defense, you know, that, that, one is, that one is tough, but, I mean, as far as guys that I've been around and great guys, I've got to say Clayton Stoner, and he's still a good friend today, and I've stayed in contact, much like with Kerry. And, uh, you know, forward, um, I'm going to go right back to Ray Whitney, just for his longevity of his career. I believed he would be the one that would uh, come out, and I'll say Whit. I'll go with him. So, so same question along the lines, and maybe your answer is the same here, Westy, but... Um, I want to take this in the direction of of the ultimate good guy uh, rankings because, I mean, of course, you know, the the accolades of Carey Price on the ice, what Ray Whitney was able to do on the ice, what Clayton Stoner was able to do on the ice is one thing. Maybe these are players that nobody outside of the Tri-Cities or Spokane would ever hear of, but, um, you know, give me a goalie, give me a defenseman, give me a forward that would just be like in your golf foursome or guys that would, would just be great dinner conversation. Uh, interpret the question again how you will. You know what? Uh, I'd probably have to tie that Cruz Reddick and uh, Justin Fazer. And Fazer was a ninth-round pick. And the same thing, you know, both guys were late-round picks and overachievers. And, uh, of course, Fazer has a record that probably nobody will break with consecutive games, 322. He's the only guy that I've gone up to and asked for an autograph, and he got a story in uh, Hockey News, and I framed it. And I've, I've just never been an autograph seeker. Uh, I, I did have one player one time early in my career, and it was Valerie Bure. And uh, Vladimir, his dad, lived in Vancouver, and uh, he'd listened to every game, and he liked me a lot. And uh, Val came up, and when his, he played his final game, he had a pattern stick, and I still have it today. And he signed it to the best radio broadcaster, Valerie Bure, and that meant a ton to me. So it's uh, the only one I've ever had, and it was unsolicited, and that meant a lot, too. We're chatting with Craig West. He is the voice of the Tri-City Americans. He is my guest right now on White Spot Giants this week. Um, I promise you we're going to get to the actual season that's taking place here, Craig, but we can't have you on without you know, hearing some of your stories and, and kind of hearing some of the wisdom that you've gained along the way. Um, I mean, 2,500 games in one league, um, it's, it's not nearly as easy as people think. I know you and I were sort of chiding back and forth a little bit last week about the fact that you know what you know I just got to 700 games and that's taken 11 years well <laughs> with with the utmost respect you've you've crushed that as far as your longevity is concerned what's your secret what has kept you wanting to come back and just why is it important for you to to stay and pass on what you've learned to the younger up-and-comers well, it was never my intent to stay 32 years. That was never the intent. And when I came into it, it was a goal. I wanted to give it five years to try and make the NHL. The unfortunate thing is I didn't get started until I was 35. I wasn't like you. and could start at 23 or 25. So I had to have a divorce to do that. I was living in Palm Springs, and I got hired in Spokane with a baseball tape. You know, so not, not, not the normal way, but they knew I had a hockey background, and they were – 
able to make that move. Uh, you know, hoping that they knew I could do baseball, but we're hoping I could do hockey. And then they found out I wanted to do hockey and not, not do baseball. But, uh, you know, I, I don't look at it. It's, you know, my, my job is selling, uh, advertising and, and promoting the team. That's my primary job. And then the gravy is getting to call the games. So in essence, I pay. For, I guess you could say I pay for my seat. But you know, I got to do one NHL game. Uh, that was the opening of the Spokane Arena back in September of 1995, and it was the Canucks and Sharks. And I'll never forget it. Um, Kevin Constantine was the coach of the Sharks, and then obviously uh, remembered me when he came into Everett, and we had a very good relationship between the two of us. And in fact, I took a level four coaching USA hockey tournament. Uh, I got my coaching card and uh, did that in Reno. And he was shocked when he walked in the room and saw me there. And he was excited and that even warmed him up more because he, you know, there were times we'd sit for 45 minutes and talk about coaching kids. So it was the other side of uh, Kevin that people never got to see. I got to see the other side of it. And, uh, you know, just, you know some some fun things that I've been able to do. I've never looked at this as work. It's a fun job. Uh, you know, and I've always said if I don't feel a chill and if I don't feel excited when we go to start the game, then I'll know it's time to go away. And I still don't have that. I still have the emotion. It's like let me out there. I want to get going. I feel like the players. You know, there may be days, and Dan, even even though you're 700 into it, there's just days where, like the players, we know they're tired, you're tired too. And you have to find a way to overcome it. You know, and Mike Babcock taught me that when he said, it's mind over matter, you know. Tell your mind, you're not tired. And, you know, we had that chat. He was a psych, psych major at McGill, and, and ever since we had that talk in the late 90s, I never had a problem. Uh, always ready to go, always prepared. And that was the best advice I probably ever got from anybody. I love that. Uh, and that, that absolutely resonates with me, as I'm sure it, it resonates with others, Craig. And as we as we talk our way through the 2021-2022 the season, uh, the Giants and the Tri-City Americans are not far removed from a game against one another last Friday. Um, what were your takeaways from that game specifically? Uh, a 3-2 win for Vancouver, but it, it felt like a game that could have gone either way, and it very easily maybe could have gone the, the complete other way, Craig. But um, just give me a sense of what you sort of took away from that meeting, first one in a while, and, and things to sort of keep at the front of mind for Wednesday. I felt like I got punched in the stomach by Fabian Lysel with about a minute 52 to go of the game. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Uh, we turned over the puck. Uh, Hall works it loose out of the defenseman's skates, and it's in the net. And Sukonek had played so well, and you know, I thought the team, my mind, to be honest with you, and I hate to say this, had moved to overtime. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, no. <laughs> you know, the unthinkable happens, and... Uh, well, that's sports. You know, you got to play the full 60 minutes and you got to play to the end. So a lesson learned by a very young team. This year's group of Tri-City Americans, uh, not uh, not out of the playoff realm by any means whatsoever, Craig, but we're running out of games. We're running out of points. Talk me through a little bit about the, the next two weeks in the life of the Tri-City Americans and how urgent and just sort of how important it is going to be for this team to come away with a few wins 
Well, I look. I always, you know, being a baseball guy, I look at it. You're four games out with 13 to go, and it, it's such a strange year, Dan. You know, it was like uh, I'm sure last week, the last couple of weeks, the Giants. You felt probably, you know, the team was down and you're not winning games. And then you get rich, you win a couple of games, and you sneak one out of Portland, you know, in a, in a unique way. But you know, the team's the feeling a lot better than it did seven days ago. And Stu Barnes and I talk about this all the time. It's, you know, with such a young team, you've got four 16-year-olds, seven 17-year-olds. The confidence is hard to come by, and it's an acquired science, you know, and it usually comes by winning. And all it all of it takes is one or two to get that belief back. And the way it's so strange, the way it's been. You know, nobody was hot. Yeah, you know, there's the first five that are locked in, and then the next five are kind of like climbing a grease pole. <laughs> and uh, you know, you feel like you're making progress, and you start you start to slide down again. But uh, I think mainly, uh, you win a couple of games, you win two or three in a row, and now you've got a streak going. You're right in it. So there's enough games left. Uh, it's not impossible, but. If you don't, if you look at it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, let's say you need your town three uh, nothing in a playoff series. If you look at winning four in a row, you'll never do it. And I learned that one from Babs as well. And it was like being the first team in history of the league to come back from an 0-3 against Portland in '96. You know, it's one shift at a time, and you got to win a period, and then you got to win the next period, and then you win a game, and then you start to believe. So that's all it is. You're just getting some belief and get the momentum, and then you can swing the momentum. So win a, win a game, and then you start winning, worrying about the next game instead of worrying about winning 10 in a row or something like that. It'd be wonderful, but you got to take business at hand, and that's what's important. Deal with your next game, and that's Seattle. Last one for you, Westy, and I want to talk just a little more about Lucas Dragasevic because, of course, that name, you know, is sort of synonymous with the Giants in the early years um, when you were also a part of it with his father, Milan. But, um, I mean, is this guy, is this guy Byram good? Is this guy, I, I mean, you have seen so many great defensemen go through the Tri-City program. When you think of Valimaki, you think of Jake Bean, Nathan Ewan, on and on and on and on and on. Um, but but where do you sort of see 16-year-old Lucas Dragasevic as far as his upside and what he could end up being? Well, you know, that, that chapter of the book is still being written and never like to put too much pressure, but I think there's a tremendous upside with what he can do and each game uh, I think he grows a little bit more confidence and, and Lucas is figuring out exactly who he is and it's one of those I wish I could look into the crystal ball and see two years from now what we're going to have but I think it's going to be very very special and next year will be a really big year for him I think he's he's going to take massive steps and you know, I know just the short season that we had in the spring, uh, Lucas working with Don Nackbar, I know it really helped him. And I think it's helped uh, partly into this year. So the upside with that. And that one I will say about uh, Milan is uh, we were friends back when he was an assistant coach here. And, of course, he had played in, uh, he had played in uh, Spokane. And, of course, here for a short while. But Spokane, he was there for about a year and a half. And I wasn't with him. But... 
Lucas wears his number two that he wore in Spokane. They both have the same number, and I every once in a while I like to drop that in that Lucas is is wearing his uh, wearing his number. But I will say about uh, Milan, when I took the job with the Tri City Americans, he was the first guy to get a hold of me and say, "Craig, you're finally working for the right team." Hmm. <laughs> he was the first guy to get a hold of me, and uh, I enjoyed uh, very much working with him. Uh, not only with the Americans, but with the Giants as well. And it's great that we have his son and always look forward to seeing him. And I can't wait to see him on Wednesday night. Well, we can't wait to see you either, my friend. And uh, again, please accept the early congratulations from me and, and our supporters on, on, a, on a terrific run of games for you. 2,500 games as of tomorrow night in Seattle. And um, I, I know tomorrow is probably going to be a real busy overwhelming day but uh do your best to just soak it in appreciate it realize that you've got a laundry list of people in the whl both currently and from the past westy that that all think the world of you congratulations in advance enjoy the game tomorrow really looking forward to seeing you at the lec on wednesday pal yeah before i go i'd really like to uh, thank bob brown and uh ron toigo the two of them for having the uh, faith and believing in me and bringing me here in June of 1998. And uh, I'm still here today, and I'm grateful for uh, what they did and took the chance on me. We will leave it there. Enjoy, pal. Safe travels. Can't wait to see you on Wednesday. Thank you very much. Craig West is the voice of the Tri-City Americans here on White Spot Giants this week. 2,500 WHL broadcasts as of tomorrow in Seattle. That'll do it for the show, but a big thanks to Craig West. Big thanks again to Jaden Lipinski, Matthew Hutchison, and to Keith McCambridge. I'm Dan O'Connor. We will see you Wednesday at the LEC. This has been White Spot Vancouver Giants Hockey and the radio show on Sportsnet 650.